God Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey. I'm your host this week and I'm joined as always by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Good afternoon. I was just about to say good morning, but the time <laughs> has flown this morning. Yes, it's been quite a busy morning already, hasn't it? But anyway, before we start, how's your week been? It's been very busy. I mean, and I think the Royals have had a really, really busy week. And we will obviously come on. We've got a packed, packed show, haven't we? Because they have been out and about. It feels, dare I say it, it feels like we are moving into some sort of normality. I mean, obviously, with the news headlines recently, we're all going to be locked down in COVID madness once again in probably a few weeks. Oh, don't say things like <laughs> I know, this. I know. It's <laughs> fate, but it's, uh, the, the good times have been rolling. Everyone has been out. We've had some great events. We've had some amazing... Um, Messages, I suppose, from the royal family, or all, all getting together on sort of the climate change um, issue that we're we're going to be exploring later. Obviously, we're we're running up to the big COP twenty six um, conference. I keep forgetting that word. Conference is a conference that's <laughs> going to be happening in Glasgow next month, and then we have some breaking news. We have had some huge, huge news over the last few few minutes. Yes, well, as I was going to say, we have um, a full, you know, schedule planned of lots of stuff to talk about for the week. But we've had, yeah, in the last kind of half hour or so, we've had some breaking news about the Queen's trip to Northern Ireland. So, Russell, can you fill us in on what we know on that so far? I will. Yeah. So, so obviously, um, there had been some some news outlets reporting that the Queen was going to be in Northern Ireland this week. Normally, the schedule is uh, sort of kept under wraps until they arrive in situ because of security concerns with members of the royal family going to Northern Ireland. However, it was largely known that the Queen would be attending uh, a church service in Northern Ireland tomorrow. And what wasn't known that she had a sort of a full list of events, really, both today and tomorrow um, in Northern Ireland. Now, she hasn't been since 2016. So there was quite some... Um, I think there's a lot of people looking forward to her going. However, she has been ordered by doctors to cancel this planned trip due to ill health. Now, my understanding is it is not COVID related. However, um, the Queen has uh, reluctantly accepted medical advice to rest for the next few days. I'll just read you out a short statement from Buckingham Palace. It is um, along the lines of the, you know, the Queen has reluctantly accepted medical advice to rest for the next few days. Her Majesty is in good spirits and is disappointed that she will no longer be able to visit Northern Ireland, where she had been due to undertake a series of engagements today and tomorrow. So that is Wednesday and Thursday. It continues, the Queen sends her warmest good wishes to the people of Northern Ireland and looks forward to visiting in the future. Now, the Queen has been so busy of late. I was just looking at her list of engagements that she's had over the last um, few days, really, over the last 10 days. So I think last week we spoke about her visit to Westminster Abbey and her having the stick, didn't we? With She's seen for the first time in, gosh, 17, I think she'd had the stick for 17 years, but... Yeah. For the first time ever at a public engagement, she was seen using a walking stick um, at Westminster Abbey for the Royal British Legion Centenary event. Now, what I was told at the time is that, that don't you know don't be surprised if you see the Queen with a stick here and there. She necessarily won't be using it all the time, but of course she is ninety five. The, the cobbles leading to Westminster Abbey are um, are quite uneven. So you know a woman who's in her advanced years and um, 
although very, very fit and healthy, as we know that she has been and is, uh, I don't think it's altogether much of a surprise that she would choose to, you know, to, to use a walking aid. However, a couple of days later, we saw her um, at the Welsh Senate, which we, uh, it's at the opening session of the Welsh Parliament, and she made... Um, a speech there talking about collaboration and being proud of the, how the, the Welsh people have set their own future and their own path. And she was seen with a stick as well. And I know we're going to come back to sort of what she said because it was quite amusing, quite controversial, you know, talking about climate change and uh, her comments about world leaders. So let's come on to that later. So I'm just going to sort of run you through her diary. Then this week, it's been jam-packed as well, because yesterday she had a video call with the New, um, New Zealand's new Governor-General. She had an evening reception, and I think that's quite, you know, quite unusual, because normally, if you're having, if the Queen's doing these sort of morning, early afternoon engagements, one would assume that would fit into the schedule of a 95-year-old who is still up and about and working, and... You know, she's very, very busy. We know that she's doing her red boxes, her ministerial documents every day. We know she's uh, taking calls on the preparations for COP26, which is coming up next month. We know that she's meetings with the Prime Minister and so on and so forth. However, doing a couple of jobs in a day did strike me as a little unusual. However, when I saw the sort of the footage of her meeting uh, John Kerry and she was meeting Bill Gates at the reception at Windsor Castle, um, which was part of a government investment summit to try and get big business to, to invest in the UK, she, she looked rather sprightly. She didn't appear to be ill, but, um, but certainly the understanding is overnight she, um, she's been feeling a bit under the weather. We are told, which I think is, is quite encouraging, that it, it, it isn't COVID related. One would assume that the Queen has had her third jab. She had her first yeah, which one. Which is a, a big relief, yeah. That yeah, for sure. And I think, exactly. And I think in the first instance, what I think will happen is um, the Queen has been told to sort of slow down. And one would imagine, listen, she's, she's had an incredibly tough year. She's been away from friends and family. She's been forced to sort of be cooped up, if that's the correct terminology. I don't know if you can be cooped up in a castle, but <laughs> she has been forced to stay in isolation for the large part of the last year and a half at one in one place. And regardless of whether you're in a castle, this I'm sure it takes the edge off. Let's not um, be too silly here. But I think for someone who is used to being busy, used to being doing engagements, used to having the business of um, running the monarchy and being very, very involved in it, um, it must have been a great strain. And then obviously the loss of her dear husband, Philip, um, in April and the tremendous strain that that would have brought. So um, I think we're going to see a slowing down, shall we say, of the Queen's engagement. She's had a very, very busy period and no doubt she was super keen to just get out there. And I don't know we're going to come on to this later. I don't want to do any spoils, spoilers, but you know, the story yesterday that the Queen had turned down the Oldie of the Year award because she didn't see herself as being old she said that you know you you're only as old as you feel um now why that may be true in one sense i think when you are 95 you know and if we've ever had elderly grandparents or grandparents who have got to those years they're still very keen um some of them on, on, on being super active and no doubt the queen is like that and i think that she will be advice shall we say to slow down so no doubt the people of northern ireland are pretty um pretty upset i would say that she will miss out on these uh, these range of engagements but if it can be done hopefully it will be done in the future 
Yeah, and we know, you know, see, she said that it was with, you know, kind of deep regret and that she was really disappointed she couldn't go. So we know that this is something she doesn't like. She's obviously very committed to her work and she does not, well, none of the royals like cancelling engagements. And we, but we know the Queen in particular, this probably would have hit her quite hard, won't it? Yeah, definitely. well, you know, and so late notice as well. There's so yeah, many plans exactly. in place. Listen, all the reporters, all the photographers were there. So, you know, it's a big deal for, for, for the people of Northern Ireland as well, for people in Belfast. She was going to do a couple of community engagements today. And on Thursday, she was expected to join a church service in Armagh, which was quite controversial, actually. Her attendance, <coughs> excuse me, um, along with... Boris Johnson was going to be quite controversial because it was going to be commemorating the centenary of the formation of Northern Ireland. And um, President Michael D. Higgins had said um, that he wouldn't attend and uh, the president of Ireland. And so therefore, you know, I think it was it was going to be a big occasion that the Queen was going to be there. So it will kind of take the gloss off of that event and service, um, whether it will be commemorated um in the future remains to be seen but as as you rightly say i think it is a a big decision but one taken with the queen's best interests at heart uh you know and, it, and again it's been said to me that it was more of a with an abundance of caution than than really her being seriously unwell however you know when you um you know you're dealing with a a 95 year old woman um i think the uh, abundance of caution is, is definitely the right ta- to take in this instance. Definitely. And hopefully, as you said, you know, she'll have a, a nice, you know, a bit of a quiet, quite a few days and she'll be back feeling better. So obviously we wish her all the best. Well, on that point, I think you're right, because um, it, it was, we are told that she still is planning to do the events for COP26 in Glasgow. Uh, starts on the, the, you know, around the end of the month, going right into November. So that is still planned. I mean, that is that, that I think will be about a week and a half, you know, 10 days away. So let's see what happens. Um, it's, um, it's, it's obviously something that the Royal family have been working towards. And, uh, I just think looking, looking at those on in black and white, when I wrote them down earlier, you've seen her whole list of engagements over the last week, week or 10 days. And, um, and it's been a pretty packed schedule. So no doubt she does need to rest. Um, if she wasn't to attend the COP26 engagements with uh, Charles and, and William, then I think we would um, we'd be in sort of a different um, different mode of conversation than we are now. But like we wish her, we wish her well, and I think um, think the right decision was taken in this instance. And of course, ahead of the COP26 conference, we've had uh, the probably highlight of the week for most royal fans, which was Prince William's Earthshot Prize ceremony. What did you it was think a great of it? event. Oh, I what loved you... it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was done really well. I thought it was, it was a nice, yeah, I thought it was a good combination of speeches, performances. It didn't go on. It wasn't a whole evening, which I also quite liked. I thought it was good. I thought the production value of everything was fantastic. What about you? I did actually. I was, do you know what? I was quite surprised because I was, I did, ex- I, th- I don't know what I was expecting, but I know it was, you know, at Ali Pali, these at Alexandra Palace in North London, a fantastic venue, um, historic venue as well, which um, Sir David Attenborough was talking about. But, um, but yeah, I, I, listen, I think that for some people, Earthshot has slipped under the radar. And although we're talking about a big legacy project, he's going to be doing this for the next 12 years. It's, you know, William is really taking over the mantle 
um, from Charles, I suppose, in terms of this talking about climate change and the environment. And no doubt it will become a life's work as it has to with Charles. But for all its um, for all the good publicity, for all the good messaging, I think when you're talking about something so big and something that isn't necessarily totally relatable to everybody, I know that, you know, William was saying, we've done this for the young people. We've done this. So you have something to uh, tap into, to, 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 to find something that is relatable within the, you know, the big climate change emergency. Um, so it is very honorable about what they're doing. However, I think this may have brought it home a little bit more because it was on BBC primetime, Sunday night. It was all singing, all dancing. You know, you had Coldplay, Ed Sheeran, KSI, Sean Mendes, who now I know who he is. <laughs> Somebody Instagrammed me and said he did a song with Camilla Castillo. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. I'm, I'm, I'm showing myself up again. But you do. You will, you will know her. And I resisted singing last week and I'm not, go, <laughs> not going to do it this week. But my, you know, when like Alexa sometimes gets a bit scary and obviously where it's heard <laughs> speaking about it, it's been on my recommended music list. A few right, times I'll, this I'll week. check it out later. I'm so sure I've definitely, the yeah. I've not done very just yet. But um, liked the messaging about the, you know, the recycling. I mean, I think this term is ridiculous most times because you you can't recycle a four thousand pound dress. However, <laughs> um, Kate looked fantastic. Incredible that she's still looking as fantastic as she did in twenty eleven, wearing this Alexander McQueen dress. Um, I liked William's look. I mean. It Bond. was strongly, it was very Bond, wasn't it? It was probably Hell one neck. of the first times in the whole time of, you know, following the Royals that I kind of, Kate looked beautiful. She did look incredible, but my eye, and I think the first message I sent you wasn't about Kate as it normally is. It was straight and not straight. I and know. Not. What do you think of William's outfit? Well, Which, I, listen, um, it was pretty cool, wasn't it? I and mean, he was wearing trousers and shoes at 20 years old. I mean... It's, I, I, I don't think that most people have shoes and trousers at 20 years old, but when they're being looked after you by some footman or other. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought I liked, I, liked the, I liked the concept of it. I liked the fact that they, that they were asking people who were already in London or, have, you know, lived in the UK, don't fly to the event, don't, you know, try and reuse an outfit. Um, the production was fantastic. Coldplay getting the 60 cyclists to power their set, which was incredible. They've got a big tour coming up next year that's going to be super, super green. Talking about, you know, what these sort of spring-boarded dance floors that will produce kinetic energy to power the energy used which for the tour. Which is incredible. That just hurts my brain. I know. It's so, <laughs> like, it's such a good idea. It's, and a it's really it's, interesting it's to see this. it. Yeah, to see it kind of actually happening on Sunday evening. But you mentioned, obviously, it's something that we know William and Kate are really passionate about, but they were really part of it. It wasn't one of these, you know, sometimes you see royal events where they're part of the organising committee and then they just kind of sit in their very lovely box and watch it. But we actually had Kate presented one of the prizes. She presented the Protect and Restore Nature Award, which went to the Republic of Costa Rica. And Prince William gave a speech as well. And we're just going to listen to a Clip, a quick clip of that now. I want to say something to all the young people watching tonight. For too long, we haven't done enough to protect the planet for your future. But Earthshot is for you. In the next 10 years, we are going to act. We are going to find the solutions to repair our planet. Please keep learning, keep demanding change, and don't give up hope. We will rise to these challenges. 
You know what? I was really impressed, actually, because we know what William is very polished. We had this piece of camera um, in the on the London Eye in one of the capsules, which was really good. I thought the production was amazing with that as well. And then he, he his speech, super polished. But you know what? Kate absolutely outdid herself. I thought she was fantastic. She's obviously been practising. There was a lot of um, new sort of the way she carried herself, the pronunciation, the way that she really got the message across because I think with Kate sometimes in public speaking and and listen she has got unbelievably uh, better in the last two to three years I would say it's a couple of years and I mean that's been a slow burner but she's obviously been working very hard on it and this speech big big deal in front of um, you know millions watching a big landmark project for her husband that she's no doubt going to be involved with as well. And the, the the message really got through talking about, I'm not going to quote verbatim for the quote because I haven't got it in front of me, but talking about we are on the precipice of robbing our children's futures. So now is the time to act. And I think that that was a central message of what was running through this event, that not only do we have a decade to save the world, not only is this the time to act, but if we do not we are robbing the futures from our children, not even our children's children. It is now the, the the real message needs to hit home. So I really liked it. I thought it was a great um, occasion. Uh, interesting that they're going to go to the United States next year. I mean, maybe people mischievously making a little bit more out of that than they should. Um yeah, obviously Harry and Meghan over there doing their own stuff with the environment and with Archwell. Uh, I don't think we'll see them involved at all. Um, Do you not? Because that's what that's what no. I was wondering if it might be used as an opportunity to. You know, an olive use... branch. I can't. Yeah, see well, not it. even just not even so much an olive branch, but using they're in a position where they've got such influence on you know both sides of the Atlantic. If whether they'd use that and kind of pull it together for this for the project. No, I, I mean, I, my personal opinion is I can't, I can't see it happening. I think they're doing such different things at the moment. Um, you know, Harry didn't come over for the Diana reception yesterday. That will, uh, it's a reception for the donors who raised money for the Princess Diana memorial statue. Harry didn't come over for it. Must have had something on. Um, it was sort of rumoured whether he would be coming. I, I just... It didn't happen for one reason or another, and then it ended up being a private event. So read into that what you will. However, with Earthshot, I think that this is very, very um, central to William. I think we'll see Kate involved. I definitely think we'll see uh, Charles, and we've had the Queen commenting on it a couple of times this week. She even said at um, a reception at Windsor Castle yesterday that um, she spoke to John Kerry, and she said, oh, I saw you on the telly. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I saw you on the telly when you were speaking at my uh, grandson's Earthshot uh, Prize project. So the fact that it is going to the state, I think that the fact, again, that John Kerry is involved and he is the special envoy on climate change to the UN. And that's probably why, because, you know, rather than going to China, China is sort of on the periphery. There's conversations about whether China would like to join um, Prince Charles's Sustainable Markets Initiative, his Terra Carta. I mean, so many projects going on at the moment, I lose count. But they're, they're not going to go to China. So therefore, they need, as William said, they need the help of the US. They are integral to seeing the um, the, the climate change movement really succeeding and, and tangible change happening. So 
Would be exciting going to the US. Whether we'll get to go, who knows? We might not be able to go to the pub in a couple of weeks. But I, I, listen, overall, really impressed. Thought it was a great event. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more earth shot. But it seems like we've had loads of earth shot moments over the last couple of weeks, you know, a month even. Um, so it'll probably slow down a bit now and then it'll kick off again because we're they're going to need another whole host of um, nominations for the next year and the year after and the year after. So it's uh, it's going to be a project that we're going to be talking about for a long time. And as you, so as you said, it was a fantastic event. Um, I really enjoyed it. We've also, um, over on Instagram, we asked you guys what your highlight of the night was. Uh, so Melissa Marshall said it was seeing Catherine's passion for nature when she gave out the prize. Kate's Rangers said the finalist, finalists said they were really inspiring. Natalie Jinks went straight in with Will's green velvet, which I think lots of people agree on. Um, and Amanda Smith said it was David Attenborough's speech, which was one quite early on in the evening. And um, that it was a real, as you said, really powerful and really interesting. And so what was your highlight, Russ? What, what of, of the whole? The whole um, evening, the whole of, of the Sunday whole night. The whole evening. I think we've got to give it up for Will's a jacket, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, liked, I liked the Coldplay um, uh, sort of gimmick of um, the cyclists outside Ellie Pally. Uh, and I, I just, I just, big up to the production values of the team because it went, it, it just went really, really well. And if it had been a bit wishy-washy, then we'd probably be talking about how sort of low rent it was. So they've gone, they've gone, started off with a bang, they're right out of the block. So it sort really of set definitely. the tone how, how good the project can be. So, um, so yeah, let's look forward to next year, really. No, definitely. And of course, we can't have a member of the Royal family wearing a turtleneck and a green velvet blazer without getting some input from our fashion expert Sarah Bradbury so she's doing a roundup of all the fashion looks but that will be at the end of the show so keep listening if you want to hear her views on that but also so we know that Kate spoke really passionately during the ceremony and something that lots of people really enjoyed Um, but she also gave another powerful speech this week um, didn't she so she hosted an event with none other than Anton Deck I know. I, that, so, so it'd be interesting to see because Ant and Deck, right? Ant McPartland and Declan Donnelly have been on our TV screens since we were knee high to a grasshopper. You and I. <laughs> I mean, they have been, they've won like the TV presenter of the year all 20 odd times or something. 20 in, years, a, yeah. in a row, which is yeah. just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know them and that isn't in the UK, all other presenting duos kind of just don't even bother when this well, exactly, comes up. Yeah. It's an ongoing joke. They just steal the limelight every so year. So I would be, I would be interested interested to see who who outside of the UK knows who Ant and Deck are. However, um, big time presenters, really good people to work with. And they uh, were talking quite candidly, or certainly Ant was, because Ant Partland had... Um, he had addiction issues with alcohol and prescription drugs. He'd had quite a bad knee injury a couple of years ago and got really hooked on a, on prescription drugs. And it all sort of, his life sort of spiraled out of control. He had a car accident and he was arrested um, and he had to take some time out. And that was, you know, this, this duo who have been by each other's side for the best part of like 30 odd years. And they were sort of child actors in a in a TV show called Biker Grove, long long time ago, um, sort of was in the balance, and then he has been very candid and about speaking about reaching out for help and his addiction issues, and obviously we know that um, Kate has been doing a lot of work with early years development, and 
talking about how those key moments in a child's life are integral, absolutely so important to how you develop your future and your livelihood, um, your life as, as, as an adult. And one of the issues in that is drug addiction and alcohol addiction and what that means as a young person if you're exposed to that or if you then fall into the trap of your parents or or, or sort of the the environment you're in if that is a big issue in your life it's going to have huge huge implications so she was doing um a charity launch uh it's out it's addiction awareness week here in the uk and the launch of the charity's campaign from the forward trust called taking action on addiction she was making a keynote speech and just before that she was coming into the auditorium and had a bit of an impromptu conversation and it went sort of somewhere along the lines of they sort of bumped into each other and it was being a bit awkward and then she just started having a very off the cuff chat with them and fair play to Ant, you know because he he didn't really he would they were only comparing the event um they were just there to probably give maybe a bit of an insight about the event and the and the and the campaign before um before Kate spoke and uh and when Kate was saying you know I've been speaking to people and it's just what we discussed about it being integral to her sort of early years work Deck I mean Deck Deck was saying his mate essentially who he probably unburdened himself to with uh with his issue saying you know a lot of people don't know who to turn to and they get lost. And um, and then Kate said, you know, it's very, very important. And fair play to Anthony said, I felt that myself. By the time I asked for help, it was bad. But as soon as you open up to people, the problems start to disappear. It gets better. And I think that candidness, that openness of someone who is so in the public eye, everybody in the UK would know who he is and possibly beyond, let us know. But that will help some people because if someone like that is very open and candid about their issues, then, um, then, then hopefully it will help other people be able to speak about their problems before they, um, you know, spiral out of control. Exactly. And hopefully that will, you know, make a huge difference. And so we're just going to hear a quick clip of Kate's keynote speech speech in here as well. Addiction is not a choice. No one chooses to become an addict, but it can happen to any one of us. None of us are immune. Yet it's all too rarely discussed as a serious mental health condition, and seldom do we take the time to uncover and fully understand its fundamental root causes. The journey towards addiction is often multi-layered and complex, but by recognizing what lies beneath addiction, we can help remove the taboo and shame that sadly surrounds it. As a society, we need to start from a position of compassion and empathy, where we nurture those around us, understand their journey and what has come before them. Now, while Kate has been widely praised for her comments this week, one of the Queen's remarks um, was labelled a bit controversial by some people, wasn't it? Some widely praised by others, but some people weren't so sure. Well, I just thought this was extraordinary. So we touched upon earlier that um, earlier that was well losing the, my losing my marbles and my times. I think it was yeah. You know, so last week, last Thursday, it was the Queen was at the opening session of the sixth opening session of the Welsh <laughs> Parliament, and she was there with uh, Charles. 
She was there with Charles and Camilla, and she was seen with her stick again, but she was looking very sprightly and talking about her pride of the, the Welsh people. But then when she sort of made her way out of the foyer, she was speaking to Camilla and a representative from the Welsh Parliament, and she was very, very candid in her comments. Now, the Queen doesn't normally make such punchy and I would dare say political statements like this. I know that we've had a couple of instances in recent years where she sort of slipped into conversation with a member of the public or whatnot, very, very cutely speaking about the uh, the Scottish referendum and then the uh, Brexit decision for, to, for Britain to leave the EU. Now, she started by saying um, something along the lines of, oh, I've, I've been hearing all about COP. So COP26 is, you know, as I've discussed, is happening in a couple of weeks. Um, and then she started going on about the fact that people or you know, world leaders, we are meant to assume, that uh, they, they hadn't been signing up to the climate change conference. And this is a really, really big deal because, as the Queen said, we still don't know who's coming. Um, and then she started going, it's really irritating when they talk, but they don't do and I did think she was irritated. You could see that she was angered by it. And then she started talking about how, um, yeah, that this sort of irritation is, 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 is leading to them not knowing what is going on. And this is, um, you know, had made headlines, front pages all the next day, headlines around the world. Because obviously there's not only Chinese pair of Premier Xi Jinping, you've got Russians, President Putin, but also Australia's Scott Morrison. And he has not been very forthcoming. And I have been speaking about this over the last week with our Australian cousins, that Scott Morrison's unwillingness to get on board with this climate change conference, and indeed sort of a, a global climate change message, is causing quite a problem. And when the sort of head of state of Australia is essentially calling you out in everything but name, it's very, very embarrassing indeed. And I know it did make headlines in Australia. So I would be really interested to hear from our uh, Australian listeners and beyond, what what they thought of it and whether whether they think Scott Morrison will actually be moved into changing his decision. Um, because this isn't going away. I mean, just yesterday that the Queen sent uh, ahead of this um, engagement at Windsor Castle last night, she wrote a forward in a programme and she was talking about urging nations to work together and rise to the challenge of climate change to avert disaster around the world. It's talking of her pride about how Britain is leading the way in this, but there still is so much more to do, she said. So if the Queen is sort of putting her mark on this arena, and we've got Charles and we've got William, then there's a real united front on this. And I think that when world leaders are coming up against the Queen, dare I say it, that they're going to look pretty foolish if they don't, uh, if they don't step up to the mark. So maybe Scott Morrison will be changing his, uh, his plans to come to the UK <laughs> after all. And yeah, as you said, it's and it's not the first time she's kind of dropped this into conversation in the last few weeks, has she? She was chatting, can't remember what engagement it was, but she mentioned William's podcast. And then, as you said, she said that she'd seen him on the telly, which was like a kind of almost a subtle way to drop earth shot into there it seems like she is kind of really move you know being yeah. vocal about it and almost moving herself into that climate into change. the arena definitely yeah. and listen and then you've got you know you've got three generations of the of the family plus we've been hearing about prince george um uh, i think last week uh, william was speaking on the bbc newcast a newscast program about how prince george has uh becoming frustrated with the litter picking that he's 
visiting these places and seeing litter in the same places of all time and can't necessarily understand it. Prince Charles was speaking on uh, the introduction to a programme on Sky later this week in the lead up to COP26 about Prince Prince George being actively being interested in climate change. You're going to have four generations of this family talking on you know, a huge, huge issue um, like this. And um, and I, th- I think it's rather important. I think that this is something we're going to see. How many more? I mean, I keep talking about collaboration, don't I? I keep saying that we're going to see more of this. We're going to see that the family have want to make up for lost time. And you're going to bring out the big guns when it's something like this. So this is exactly what's happening. So don't be surprised if... Um, if we see the Queen and and, uh, and William joining up for Earthshot, or we see Charles, you know, getting his mum to help him out with his terracotta <laughs> message, which I'm I'm still not sure anyone knows what it is, but it's it is rather worthy in in uh, if you actually look into the the detail of it. And so obviously the Queen said she was a bit irritated, but what she, you know, when she got home that night and she was a bit frustrated and a bit annoyed by everything that was going on, one way she didn't manage to take her mind off it was with her nightly martini. This what is tremendous. Here? So this is a story which emerged and I thought, God, that can't be true. Who's going to tell the Queen that she can't enjoy her tipple? Now we know that the Queen... A brave doctor. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, when another brave doctor told her that she couldn't get on a plane today and she seems to be <laughs> listening. But um, yeah, so the, 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 you know, the Queen is said to enjoy a dry martini each evening. I don't know how often she partakes in it these days, but she um, it's now it's now emerged that she has given given up her nightly cocktail on the uh, on the advice of doctors. However, we were told that it was a personal decision that she had made. But I think this is the, the whole vein of this is that the Queen has got a busy schedule coming up. We've just been talking about how absolutely manic she's been. We've got huge, huge um, engagements and plans being made for not only COP26, but then into the Platinum Jubilee celebrations next year, which obviously she is totally, totally across. And, you know, when I was speaking to someone at the palace, they were saying, you know, she's doing this for her, her health. She wants to continue having this busy schedule. Um, and she doesn't want to slow down well now with the breaking news today i think she's going to have to come to the realization that she does need to slow down you know it isn't necessarily normal for a 95 year old to be working as hard as she is so um she is still in good health this is definitely a a measure of precaution but again an abundance of precaution is probably the best uh, idea but you never know. She might be back on the booze next week. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as not having her nightly martini, another thing she doesn't have this week is the Oldie of the Year Award. Well, so you know <laughs> this, Prince Philip accepted this award in 2017. Oh, I didn't realise that. I didn't. And so he was a very good <laughs> He was a very good sport and he took it on. And I think, and I, I, I can't remember the quote from where I'd seen it, but it said... He took it with good humour and he said, there's nothing like an award to make you realise that bits of you are falling off and that you are basically, (laughs) you you are on your way to being very old indeed. So he took it with great good humour. But the Queen 
politely but firmly turned down the honour of the <laughs> Oldie of the Year Awards. And this award, the Oldie is basically a magazine for people in their latter years. And it's a it's a very funny, satirical magazine. It's got commentary pieces from, from well-known um, authors, journalists and commentators in it. It's normally quite a, uh, a fun read. But, uh, you know, the 95-year-old monarch did graciously decline the award and it was author and broadcaster who we've heard of before Giles Brandwith a uh, tremendous character who is a uh, friend of the royals have been friends with Prince Philip for, for many many years and he is chairman of the awards and he wrote to the Queen's private secretary Sir Edward Young basically to ask if she would accept the award um, but then uh, the pr- a private secretary assistant private secretary Tom Lang Barker he wrote back Baker sorry he wrote back in a letter which was then published in the Oldie magazine. That's tremendous. It just says, <laughs> Her Majesty believes you're as old as you feel. And as such, the Queen does not believe she meets the criteria to be able to accept and hopes you will find a more worthy recipient. So sent back with good humour. Um, <laughs> but again, it sort of falls into this, you know, this mode of maybe sometimes you are as old as you feel um, or not. I mean, maybe I'm mixing the anecdote up but you know what i mean maybe she's going to be told to or advised to slow down a little bit maybe it's time for the queen to to take things a little bit easier and and to kind of realize that um you know she is she is 95 this is one of those things that i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall on for the conversation where someone obviously came in and said to her oh just you know you've been nominated for this award we You've been put forward to this award. I would have loved to have known her response. Oh, my God. If she could have took it well or if she just, you know, there was a, well, no, thank you. That's not me. And also what she said to Prince Philip if he accepted it, but she obviously (laughs) wasn't quite keen on the idea. Yeah, I think that that was probably the order of the day. But I mean, it goes with his sort of mischievous nature, doesn't it? The fact that he would have said... He would have probably thought it was a great deal of fun. And if Giles Brandwith was still the chairman of the awards, he would have probably convinced him to take it. But um, Yeah, that's very you know, true. <laughs> you, ne- you never know. Maybe there's still time for the Queen to accept it in, uh, in, in, uh, in the future. So before we start looking ahead to next week, let's look back at some of the best fashion looks for the week. So I've caught up with Sarah to see what she thought. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing? Very well, Tara. Thank you so much for joining us. We've had some great looks from the Royals this week. But before we start, because as soon as Russell and I stopped recording, the Cambridges dropped these beautiful behind-the-scenes photos, which, to be honest, I think you're probably best to chat to about them, better to chat to about them, Russell would be anyway, because they're so lovely and so romantic and so cute. And I think I think they'd be a bit wasted on Russell, would you reckon? <laughs> Not quite his thing. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think I already want to set them as my uh, background screensaver on my computer <laughs> because they're so cute. They're really lovely. So the Cambridges have put out three photos. They're black and white shots, very professional, really nice, but behind the scenes at the Earthshot Prize Awards. And they're just, they're really cute, aren't they? They can see they're holding, are they holding hands in this one? No, she's, she's kind of rubbing his back in this one. You can see him looking out when she's chatting in the other and they're just beaming. Oh. But just honestly, so, so lovely. It's the look of love. I really, really do love that one where she's got her hand on his back. It's just, yeah, really, really beautiful. It's really cute. And I think there's also, it really shows that thing of, you know, this is a dress that she, we obviously will come on and talk about the dress, but this is a dress that she wore 10 years ago. And I think it's just really, 
it shows, doesn't it, that they've been married 10 years or just had, well, just had their 10 year wedding anniversary and they still look so in love. Yeah, it's um, especially, you know, a lot of couples sadly didn't quite make it through COVID, but at least they have, which is lovely. It's very cute. So now, yes, talk about the fashion. We will. Well, let's start with Kate, although I'm more excited to talk about Williams. But what did you think of Kate's dress? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the fact she's still recycling items. I think, you know, very much took away from her and like what the event was about during the Earthshot Awards and um, sort of the Earthshot Prize. Um, and, you know, she's really showing that she's making sustainable choices. I mean, sure, it's, you know, an Alexander McQueen gown from 2011 and she first wore it when she's kind of like in LA, when she's a newlywed. Um, but I think she's kind of really showing people that, you know, even though it's been on the ground, you can wear it again. <laughs> the big, the biggest test of if it's, if it's been on the ground, you can go. But I'm right now. What did you think of this look? So quite a lot of conversations about this, quite a mixed reaction. But what did you think of, well, Prince William's James Bond look? Obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. Again, he he's actually worn that before. He wore it in 2019 um, to a charity gala. Um, so, you know, both kind of making those sustainable recycled wardrobe outfits, whatever choices, which is great. Um, but I think he looks really dashing. I think he looks really fit. I think it's the best he's kind of been seen dressed for a while. Um, and yeah, I think he's definitely taken some, some, tip, some fashion tips from Daniel Craig and you know, the latest Bond film and kind of been inspired by him and thought, yeah, I'm going to pull out a velvet tux. Yeah, I was going to say, do you reckon that's what it was? He saw those red carpet photos that we discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago and thought, hang on, I've got, I've got that green one in the cupboard, haven't I? Yeah, I mean, I would say, would go as far as saying that Kate obviously probably helped him along the way, but I just thought the fact he just teamed it like a black turtleneck, you know, just made it look really like trendy, very like, just, yeah, he just looks really fun and relaxed, which I loved. It's really cool and it's really modern kind of, it's almost, he feels like he's moving away from that kind of traditional prince, you know, navy suit, blue tie everywhere they go. And it just felt like a big step, and especially where it's his awards and something he's passionate about. It felt, it felt really nice to see a, such a confident outfit as well. The one thing I will say though, is I was surprised Kate didn't wear green. I thought she might go for the kind of environment theme and we know they like to match as well don't they yeah true but I think that might have been a step too far she wants to look like a bond girl and he wants to look like bond and I think they've kind of really nailed that together um yeah no I think they look both look so so adorable and so in love <laughs> not a fan of the matching outfits then oh, I mean we all saw Brittany and Justin do that the have done it. <laughs> you know I just I'm not sure it's one for the royals not just yet <laughs> imagine the day that we see them both step out in matching like head-to-toe denim <laughs> why did they so, do that for halloween oh yeah i wonder what their halloween costumes would be i really hope the pictures mm. come out especially the children yeah that would be fantastic so what other outfits have you seen this week that you've that have caught your eye so um camilla the other day she was out and about with obviously prince charles at um the opening ceremony of the sixth session in Cardiff. Um, and she wore a really gorgeous red kind of wool crepe coat dress by Fiona Clare. And then she also put it with a very classic Philip Treacy um, fascinator, which I loved as well. She just looked absolutely stunning um, and really nice to see her in a pop of colour for a change. 
I love this look. I think the, the coat was beautiful with that kind of detailing down the front of it. And the, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, is that, is that a hat or a fascinator? I, I don't know when, when does a fascinator become a hat? <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> I will find out. I'll do some research. Yeah. But anyway, that I just, I thought that was such a, a strong look. I really liked it. It felt very inspired by, by the queen, didn't it? With the kind of block color, the low heel. Yeah, she looks amazing. And yeah, just so nice to see her in bright colour for a change, you know, she's sort of taking leaf out of Meghan and Kate and obviously the Queen's sort of books because they're often in a nice pop of colour too. And well, yeah, speaking of Kate as well, she also kind of went for the bold look. look uh, nope, I can't speak. She went for the bold red look. Got there in the end. What did you think of Kate's choice? Yeah, again, just loved it. She was wearing a Christopher Kane skirt with like a Ralph Lauren jumper underneath um on top um and at the i think it's the forward trust taking action on addiction campaign um and she just she looked stunning and i love the fact she tucked it in and that's a really big kind of i think for especially for women like this time of year jumpers and jeans and jumpers and skirts can look really frumpy but she's kind of styled it showing you like how it can be done and how you can make like you know cropped jumpers or tight fitting jumpers tuck them under your skirt and kind of not only does it keep you warm and the draft out but it also looks super stylish too and the nice accessories as well wasn't it she went for the kind of tan nude bag and shoes yeah, so the shoes were again Ralph Lauren and then the micro bag, little one, um, was by a brand called Demillier or Demilla. I don't know how to pronounce it. But um, yeah, I love that she just sort of did red and nude, very like uh, like autumnal, very like coming to the new season and also a bit festive. Well, yeah, that's it. That's true, actually. Two red outfits in a week. They always kind of normally save these ones for Christmas week, don't they? Exactly. And I must admit, I'm loving her new, like, relaxed waves. Like, she's definitely stepped away from that kind of old school blow dry that we know and love from her. Um, but yeah, her hair seems to have grown so much during lockdown. I remember sort of when we saw her on Zoom, it was a lot, a lot shorter. And now it's kind of got these really, like, long, luscious locks, which I'm obsessed with. I know. And I'm really jealous. My hair didn't get, my hair got longer in lockdown because obviously no one could go to the hairdressers, but the condition of it was just dreadful. And the end of, I had to cut it all off as soon as, as soon as the salon let me back in again, but hers looks lovely. I'm very jealous. My hairdresser at Salon 64, Ricky would obviously say four, four weeks, four to six weeks is a good one to maintain and regular hair masks. Oh, hair masks. See, this is where I'm I'm not that good with that, but I do need to go to oh, hairdressers again. You have to always do one, like if you're doing the dishwasher or the hoovering, who has, who does that? Not me. Um, <laughs> but put a hair mask in when you're like sessioning a box set um, or listening to our podcast. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's the perfect time. <laughs> Fantastic. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was lovely to catch up with you and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Right, so Russell, what have we got to look forward to next week? Well, tomorrow in the Space Kind Continuum will be today, Thursday, we have the Prince's Trust Awards. Um, and so I think this is, you know, this is normally a big deal, big deal for us at the Mirror. We are one of the media partners of it, really worthy recipients. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the coverage from that. Um, and of course, we're missing out. We're missing out on the Queen attending Northern Ireland, but we wish... Her Majesty well. We wish that she does get better soon and maybe that trip will get planned uh, once again. And then, you know, next week we're going to be really looking forward to COP because it will be at the end of the week. I think it starts on 
30th of 31st. And so, um, you know, for the next couple of weeks after that, it's going to be a lot of talk about climate change. We're going to be seeing the, the royal family all together en masse in that event. And so, um, yeah, lo- lots to look forward to. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining me and thank you to all our listeners. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter for more royal content. We're at Pod Save. And until next time. Pod Save the Queen! <laughs>